This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is your boy Dak from the 410 Gaming Podcast, and when I'm not doing terrible wrestling impersonations, I'm listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. Oh, yeah! You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining us, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 58. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and the final hurdle before WrestleMania really kicks into high gear has been leapt. And Fastlane is now in our rearview mirror. We yes. have we're seen, over the roadblock. Yeah, we before. Hey, man, you're gonna get that backlash if you keep that up. Oh, come uh, on. All right. Anyway, but no, we we've watched Fastlane. We've seen the last pay per view before WrestleMania. Uh, the dominoes are starting to fall into place, and I'm gonna go on record and say this right now. Uh, our last show, our preview show for Fastlane, we were bitching and whining like a couple of old grandmas who filled their depends. Yep. Thank God. This show overperformed. I'm, I'm so glad you feel that way. I intentionally did not say anything prior to us sitting down to record because I thought we would, there would, this would be a lot of dissenting opinion on the overall quality of this pay-per-view. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's an all-time classic. I oh. don't think it's gonna, people are going to be looking back and going, remember that fast lane? Man, that was good. There's not a whole lot of things about this that are going to stand the test of time. But considering how down we were on the go-home show for SmackDown and how kind of underwhelming a lot of the builds for these matches were, I was really happy with how things turned out. I was extremely sports entertained. Yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely... I'm not going to go go and say that, uh, you know, I thought this was a, a fantastic show. I definitely had some moments where I was kind of drifting off for some of the matches and uh, some of the things, because there was no build, I didn't feel like that much tension or anything. But, but overall... It, it was good. It was good. It, well, we came out of this with several new WrestleMania matches confirmed. Oh yeah, one of the some of the things we've been waiting to hear about, uh, we now have confirmed. Yeah, that was that was actually some of the best moments of the night. Were finding out WrestleMania matches that we'd been speculating on, and on this show they had a lot. Instead of just tying up loose ends, which they did do some of, we had a lot of big moments preparing us for their biggest show of the year. Well, there's also some angles that we can speculate on more clearly now oh, as yeah. well, uh, which we, we always enjoy doing here on the show. But let's really kick things into gear and start off with a pre-show match that came out of nowhere that we had no idea of. You know, I'm going to say it came out of nowhere, kind of, 
but it also it's it's kind of you know listening to our last show uh our preview show we did kind of call this pre pre-show match by saying we? well there's, there, yeah there's all these wrestlers they're not doing anything i wonder if we'll see breezango on the pre-show where's mojo raleigh where's ty dillinger we found them yep. they were all on the pre-show we had a uh, three-on-three tag match Mojo Raleigh and American Alpha 2.0, Gable and Benjamin, uh, against Ty Dillinger and Breezango. And this was, they set this up super quickly with a little bit of backstage, you know, butting heads between the two factions. Uh, and then we had a quick match. And you and I were like, oh, let's make our quick picks. Uh, but this is the definition of a pre-show match. Yeah. It's really just no stakes. Uh, some people you haven't seen on TV in a while having a match. Hyping up the crowd, getting them entertained, and it was an an entertaining match, although it was very much a pre-show match. Yes, uh, for me, I don't see really anything coming out of this. I, I, it would be interesting to see uh, Ty Dillinger and Mojo Raleigh have something. But they seem like they had their own little singles thing going on. Sure, but, but I don't really see a future for Gable and Benjamin facing off against Brizango. See, I could see, I could see a future. A feud for either of those things, like either Mojo and Ty or Brizango and, and American Alpha 2.0. But the reason I don't see it happening is they've got so many other things they're concentrating on on SmackDown Live that I don't know if they're going to steer the ship into an, an actual feud between them. I think it's a non-starter. I think yeah. this is just something that we have a little bit of, of tension here and they'll move on to other things. In addition, I don't know how good it would be for any of the people involved there to have these feuds go on. I think that Mojo versus Ty is not going to raise Mojo's uh, level any, and it certainly I don't think would raise Ty's because I don't think that Ty should be going over Mojo at this point given how much time they've put into Mojo, and I don't think that that it's good for Ty to lose to Mojo either. And I, as I said, I don't think it's, it's good for Mojo to win. It doesn't do anything for him to beat Ty Dillinger at this yeah. point. Um the same goes for Brizango and American Alpha. I think it would be a big step down for American Alpha to have any kind of competitive match with, with Brizango in the long term. In the short term, it can be entertaining, fine. But uh, I think in the long term, it wouldn't really do much. You know, Brizango has now been presented as such a comedy team. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of American Alpha's point with this mini feud that we had for this, for this match was they're saying, you guys are just all fun and games and jokes and we're the real deal. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of grist here going forward on, on either of these feuds. Well, that might be true until Brizongo and Ty Dillinger pull off the win, which neither was Gable called. and Benjamin. Yeah. We both said that, uh, <laughs> that, Mo, that Mojo and, and American Alpha kind of needed the win here and it made sense to have them win. I, instead, you did have, uh, Ty Dillinger beating Mojo pretty clean. Uh, and it was an exciting, it was a fun match, fun little pre-show match. Yeah. Um, I, I was surprised by that. We both were, uh, but it was, as I said, I think ultimately a way to hype up the crowd and get them ready for the show, which is ultimately the purpose of a pre-show match. Can we take a little, a couple of minutes here on an aside and just talk about what the actual F is happening to American alpha 2.0 and why they're getting iced all of a sudden out of what, why pull the brakes on what was potentially building to something between Usos and Gable and Benjamin and all of a sudden, it just got yanked out from under us, and they're slumming it now down in the bottom on the pre-show. Well, I, I, what happened? I, I'm going to say slumming might be a big word because they were at least on the show. Uh, where was Ascension? They weren't anywhere. You know what I mean? Like Fine. that, it could be worse. Fine. Um, they're at least on the show. One and two. I think it's pretty clear that they were a placeholder to give the Usos something to do, give them a win as champions. We're going to talk about the tag match that happened in the show a little bit later on. 
And on what happened at the end of that tag match, I think, defines what they want to do with the top of this tag division. And there really isn't any room for anybody else in that picture at this point. I don't think they need anybody else. It would just be too much. So it makes sense for me to have American Alpha still doing something because they obviously are high on them and think they're a good team, which they are. Uh, but there really wasn't anything else for them to do. At least they were there. When you look at the raw tag picture, uh, you know where it's it's a whole bunch of nothing teams and then the bar at least american alpha 2.0 is still doing something and even though even in a loss looking pretty strong yeah yeah that's fair okay well let's move over and talk about the main show uh we kick things off with oh be still my beating heart aiden english coming out and was he rapping (laughs) did did he rap a little bit of a rap yeah rap singing uh, the, the spotlight that they are get now giving Aiden English and Rusev Day, who we have been kind of hard on SmackDown for shunning them for in recent weeks. What an opening. What a way to open SmackDown with this this style of thing. And sh- pro- I want to start off this whole show by saying props to Columbus. You brought it. Yes, it was a very Holy good, very shit, good crowd. Very, very hyped up crowd the whole show. And a crowd can make or break a show. And this is definitely a show that needed a hyped up crowd because very easily some of these matches could have been slogs if it wasn't for the crowd. And that being said, there was one or two times I'm going to call out where I wish the audience had been more hyped, but, but overall, yes, I agree. And to start the show, Nakamura's music coming out, he had a good entrance. And then as you said, Aiden English singing Rusev out, uh, and, and, you know, doing almost kind of like an Elias thing where, the crowd's, you know, cheering him, and then he disses the crowd, and they, oh, you son, boo, yeah. <laughs> and then out comes Rusev. So here's the match that we were, what we were complaining about as far as the booking of this match. You have two guys, one of whom, Nakamura, has been cooled down a bit and needs to get back over for this main event match he has at WrestleMania, uh, contrasting with Rusev and, Rusev and the Rusev Day phenomenon, which is now so incredibly over, and... I don't know. I'm, I'm worried that they're going to cool that off somehow. And I thought it was it was a, a questionable booking decision to have these two guys facing each other right now because it would divide the audience and give you scenarios where the audience wouldn't know who to cheer for and, and who how to react to the match. Yeah. And there definitely was a, a, a few points in the match where I felt like the crowd didn't quite know what to do. Um, we don't want to, you know, boo Rusev. We don't want to, you know, necessarily not root for him what ultimately i thought that they did that made it work was they made it a competitive match yeah it was it was not a necessarily rusev wasn't necessarily a heel um but he definitely you know came off as being much more aggressive and he really took it to nakamura and it made ultimately when with a couple of great false finishes uh nakamura selling the hell out of a great machka kick uh to counter the kinshasa uh, it made for a very exciting match. It made for a very uh, watchable match, and it made both guys look great. And I thought that as far as uh, where they were at, as how difficult it was to actually make this match work, I think they pulled off probably the best they could have done given the situation. Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, I, I actually thought they might give Rusev a rub here, but I listened back to our show from last week, and you're absolutely right. Nakamura needed this more than anybody. And there were even a couple of times in the match where I went, Wow, they might be pulling the trigger on Rusev because there were, like you said, those false finishes and whatnot. I, I thought there was a chance that they might put Rusev over. Yeah, well the, well, the announcers put him over big time. And that was one thing that actually made me feel better and gave me a little more confidence 
was that the announcers were really selling how great Rusev is. Um, and they usually do that with Nakamura, but they were really saying how great both guys were. Yeah. And I liked that that equal uh, putting over of the of the two guys in the ring. That's what this match needed. Yeah. And even though ultimately Nakamura picked up the victory, it definitely felt like he had to work for it. Uh, but ultimately, he was the better man. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed their booking here all around. And I think we at post WrestleMania, now that we know what we know, which we'll talk about later, this might actually come back into the fray uh, to an extent with this kind of match. I could see Rusev getting a bigger push post Mania. I I still do hope that they you know push him more as kind of a uh, not a tweener necessarily, but. I, I think they're already starting down kind of a tweener path with him, but I want them to be more certain about what they're doing with him. Yeah. Because otherwise, they are going to be missing out on a big opportunity with how over he is. Well, Ian, you picked Nakamura on this one, so you take a one-point lead. I sure do, but Let's, this is going to be a this is going to be a back and forth. Oh yeah, this was this was chaos as far as it's our one pick-ums. of the things that made it uh, really interesting to watch. Yeah, you know, as far as our pickums for this show, it was interesting because we had quite a few where we said, "Oh, it could be a coin flip," and. Sometimes I was listening back to it and there was times where you made a point that uh, was a good point, but then you didn't pick the guy that you were making. The, there was a few where we were, we, our predictions were right, but we picked the wrong person. Uh, it was, it's, it was really interesting. We'll go down that as we go down the, the rest of the card. The next match, of course, being the U S championship match, Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton. Uh, what did you think of this match, Nick? Uh, I was pretty high on it coming in, honestly. I thought I thought this was going to be a well-worked match between these two guys. And ultimately, even going into it, I was, I was constantly waiting for that spot where Randy catches him out of thin air and RKO's him, and that's the out defeat. Out of nowhere! Uh, the out of nowhere RKO has to be a thing in the match. Whether or not that leads to the pin uh, it w- is, n- is neither here nor there. I was just constantly on edge for that. It, it was okay. It was three stars. It was an enjoyable, workable, I think you put the word methodical in the notes, uh, as as a, a match. Sure, it was fine. It was enjoyable. I thought Rude could have done a little more. I think Randy carried the match. Really? Yeah, I do. And uh, ultimately, you know, I, I'm happy with the outcome, of course, because it is what I thought would ha- what they would do. Yeah, see, these are, these are two guys who work... To to put it in a nice way, methodically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it definitely there was times I felt it was a very slow worked match, and after the Rusev Nakamura match and the, and the the pre show, it was definitely a gear shift down. Um, and I was worried at one point because this was one of the matches I started dra- getting drowsy during. But not the match's fault; it's my fault where I was when I was watching this. Uh, but it was a much slower match. And because we had so few matches on this card, a lot of the matches were longer than I think they should have been, maybe. And this is one I think they could have cut a couple of minutes off of, and it, it wouldn't have suffered. It might have actually helped it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to put the, the fault entirely at the feet of Bobby Roode. I thought both guys were very invested the entire time. Uh, there was just a lot of rest holds, a lot of, and in the middle, a lot of just kind of, you know, holding, uh, holding steady. Yep. That being said, I did like the psychology of it where early on they both tease their finisher and the other guy kind of goes, whoa, 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 oh, this could, been, this could have been over real quick. And that got the audience kind of you know ready for both guys who have these very quick, impactful finishing moves. Um, and ultimately, when the match did conclude and Bobby Roode did the dumb thing that you never do with Randy Orton, that's go for, to the second rope and try to jump at him. 
never do that, Bobby, ever. And there was the spot. And there was the beautiful RKO out of nowhere. Uh, the crowd popped huge. They were obviously still there. This match didn't take them out. The, the pace of the match didn't take them out of the intensity of what was happening in the ring. And again, this was kind of the best case scenario for these two guys who are slower workers, um, who don't have the, necessarily as many exciting big moves. Although we did see some big moves. We had we had the superplex. We had the uh, the blockbuster. We had some of their bigger moves come out. Uh, so overall, I thought this was the best possible outcome for this matchup, including some of the stuff that happened afterwards, where unsurprisingly, Jinder, who has been part of this whole feud, came out and started and uh, started messing with everybody and gave, you know, messed with Randy uh, and then Bobby Roode. I think what he DDT both of them, right? Pop yeah. And DDT'd uh, well, both I mean, of them. after that glorious or the, uh, the glorious DDT, uh, the uh, the RKO out of nowhere does lead to Randy picking up the victory. Yep. Uh, so Randy Orton's your new U.S. champion, but immediately after Jinder Mahal does enter and begin to and come in and just I think he colossed Randy, Randy Orton and then and then Bobby Roode comes Bobby up comes and back into the ring. DDTs both him and then Randy again when, when Randy and gets back up. His music plays and stand he stands tall. Right. So this is this is good. This is a good way to get all three guys kind of on the same footing. Um, so let's let's talk really quickly about the fact that Randy Orton won. This does make him. One of the very few people who are a Grand Slam champion yeah. in WWE who have held all of the existing belts. Um, and so that, and that's kind of a big deal. And I, I, when we were calling this match, I said I thought that it was they were going to wait till WrestleMania to give him a WrestleMania moment. But instead, they pulled the trigger here, which I thought was surprising. It was the one reason I didn't call for Randy Orton in this match. I said it was a possibility, but that I thought they were going to do they were going to do it at WrestleMania if they were going to do it. Um now looking at it and having Randy be the champion going into WrestleMania, uh, I don't I don't know if I entirely like that booking and giving it to him here because he might only hold it to WrestleMania and then lose it right away. And I don't know if having that triple threat that it looks like we're going to have between Rude, Jinder, and, and, and Orton should end with uh, the champion retaining. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that going forward. But that being said... Assuming he does... Uh, uh, right, exactly. But uh, but that being said, assuming that we, we go through all this, you know, watching the talking smack after uh, Fastlane, I liked how Randy portrayed it, you know, how, how he portrayed the current program that he's in with Rude and Jinder. I like how he handled himself as the U.S. champ, handled the moment where he said, I've had a lot of moments. This was just kind of the last one. So he downplayed how big of a deal it was while at the same time, you know, saying, cool, I, I checked off this last box. And he continued to build up the fact that he uh, he doesn't like gender. He's got his gender pushes his buttons and gets under his skin. To me, that was at, while at the same time saying that he respects Bobby Roode and he has nothing bad to say about Bobby Roode. Right. So I think in my mind that says we're going to get another rent, uh, render gender and Randy program. Are we just call, we'll call him Render from Render the Render program. Uh, no, like, no, we won't. Please no? forget I said that. Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal. It looks like we're going to have another program. I would expect to hear Bobby Roode uh, declare his rematch clause probably sure. for Mania and Gender to come in, and we end up with a triple threat. Uh, that that for the seems US to be title. the way that they're going, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think that we ha we're going to have a lot of of multi person matches at WrestleMania just yeah. because. They have so many people on the well, it roster. It seems to be the thing now, right? We talked yeah. about that last week. But this is one I think that it's it's better to have all three of these guys than just have any combination of two. Yeah. So that I'm fine with that. Just a real quick note: uh, other Grand Slam winners, winners. Randy Orton is the tenth uh, Grand Slam winner. Uh, 
the other ones being uh, Roman Reigns, uh, basically every member of the Shield. Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. Um, uh, let's, oh, no, Seth Rollins hasn't won the Intercontinental Belt yet. Excuse me, right, he's not. Right. He's not there yet. Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Chris Jericho. Unsurprisingly, Daniel Bryan, The Miz, The Big Show, Eddie Guerrero, Edge, and Kurt Angle. That's a pretty good group of guys to be in. No kidding. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, not on that list. John Cena. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well, I did pick Randy Orton to win this one. So as it stands, we are now tied. Two matches in. Three matches in. One to one. Yes, sir. I, I as I said, I thought that uh, they would hold off on this until WrestleMania. But hey, interesting outcome. I thought it was a well booked match. Not mad at it. Let's move over and talk about the women's tag match that we had featuring Natalia and Carmella, Miss Money in the Bank herself, facing off against Becky Lynch and Naomi. Ah, uh, yes, the glorified SmackDown Live match. This could have been on any week of shows. It really was. There was not much to it. I would have much rather this been a Carmella versus Becky Lynch match, if I'm being honest. But I think you've got to have Naomi and Natalia there because they're, they're, they're current. They're veterans if you will at this point and i i think that they just like it felt like they were just there yeah well it was just getting everyone on the pay-per-view really at this point it was just it was stacking the matches um i like the fact that this match was right in the middle of the show they weren't trying to cool everyone down before the main event this was just it was there and it wasn't a bad match per se everyone did a good job uh it just didn't it didn't have any stakes it didn't have any meaning uh, we had a hard time picking this one when we were we were talking about it. Where we said because we don't know what the point is of yeah. this. And uh, you actually had the good point where you said that you know if Carmella does pick up the victory here, which she did with the pin over Becky Lynch, uh, albeit a little bit little bit of shenanigans, but she did pick up the victory. And you said that this match pretty much is going to exist to give Carmella some shine going into WrestleMania, and that was a good call because that does seem to be the only reason they had this match was to remind us, oh yeah. Carmella is Miss Money in the Bank, and she can pick up a victory over over Becky Lynch. And it would end up ha- ultimately having more significance later on in the night when we get to the other women's match that that took place. Exactly. So you called this one. You did say Natalia and Carmella. Nick takes the lead. Yeah, two to one. Two to one. Two oh, to one. Yeah. But the show is far from over, my friend. <laughs> uh, we need to talk about the tag team match next. Yes. Uh, this is one. This was the one match that you and I were genuinely excited for because we've got a history of 10 months almost worth worth of, of feuds between these two teams uh seven pay-per-view matches there's a there's a huge history of this feud and it's all been quality yeah these guys bring out the best in each other the usos versus the new day and uh coming into this one they cut some monster promos on each other getting into this uh huge video package great a really great last couple video of package. weeks leading up to this well, the video and the video package was pretty much just their promos yeah uh, and that's all you need. They they sold this match on the mic. This is this shows the importance of having guys who can work on the mic. If you can't build a good story for them, you don't need to. No. They'll sell it for you on the microphone. And Just these let them get did. out there and talk trash to each other. You know? Yeah, and this was well on its way to being another great match. I liked again the storytelling here was fantastic. These guys know each other so well. They've been to, they've been facing off for so long that now we've reached the point where out of disdain for each other, they will try to beat each other using each other's finishing moves. Yes. They stole the other team's finishing moves. I love this. It's great. It's great. And right as it was starting to get even more exciting and get to a head, something you nor I called happened. Not in, uh, we were talking about this before the show, not in 
any of my crazy fantastical imagination that that some of these things that I call every now and then not in any way did I see the Bludgeon Brothers being a part of this pay-per-view one and if they were it would have been on a pre- on the pre-show I thought and part of this is just is is actually fairly skillfully ah, I don't know if I'm going to give them too much credit on this because it has gotten into a rut with the Bludgeon Brothers right. where the only time we see them is when they're killing jobbers and then staring down uh, teams as they walk away looking back it makes sense that they would have done this this way and and it did build to this moment where it seemed logical that ah yes once these two teams have faced each other and are they're they're both at a weak point that's when the bludgeon brothers finally attack it you know in hindsight 2020 it does make sense and they did build to this correctly where you neither you know you and i actually thought they were gonna have a legit match here and when the Bludgeon Brothers came out, we were both kind of like, whoa, didn't expect that, but it makes sense. And it was a hell of a beatdown. And, and to be clear, it was, uh, for those that didn't get to see it, it was a disqualification. Neither team won. No contest. Uh, it was a, a pure bell ringing DQ where the Bludgeon Brothers came in and just beat the holy hell out of both teams. And this was a quality beatdown. The Bludgeon Brothers, uh, are, you know, that's kind of their signature thing, yep. is the beatdown. And this was a great way to, you know, now they're not just beating up jobbers. Now they're beating up the creme de la creme of the tag team division. And as we said earlier, this makes sense to have it just be the Usos, the New Day, getting murdered by the Bludgeon Brothers and not throw American Alpha into this, not throw Brizango into this, have it just be the top of the tag division. Uh, One thing we were calling was that there was going to be Either the Usos one-on-one against the Bludgeon Brothers, or it was going to be a three-way. New Day, Usos, Bludgeon Brothers. We were thinking of that at WrestleMania. Yeah. We didn't see it coming here, but a great way to start this feud by having the Bludgeon Brothers murder the Usos and the New Day. And actually, uh, specifically, uh, beat up Xavier Woods so hard that he was carried out on a stretcher. and uh, Twitching. A lot of people... <laughs> <laughs> he does that a lot. It's like it's a good sell. It scares people. Uh, a lot of people online actually were wondering if he was legit injured. I did too, because uh, they they power bombed him onto the stairs. It looked like he one of the worst places to hit yourself is the back of the head, and it looked like that Luke Harper power bomb came down uh, where he hit the back of his head right on the corner of the steps, and I was genuinely concerned. I I, I was concerned too until I realized that he came down on his uh, his afro ponytail, and I was like, oh, he's cushioned, he's oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but no, no. but I, we did get an update on, from the commentary that it was a thoracic spinal contusion. Yes. Is that even a thing? I don't think it's even a thing. Okay. I, I, <laughs> that's just like <laughs> some fancy doctor words uh, to make it sound scary. If but, any of you are doctors out there listening, please correct us on yeah. Twitter at BWO Podcast and let us know uh, if that is actually a thing. But as far as we're concerned, it's it's just being a work, work injury. Yeah, and I think that that's the, that's the right thing to do. He is one of the more likable members of a very likable team. Uh, so to have him get put out is a great way to, to start off this particular three-way feud. Yeah, well, again, we both had different picks, but neither of us win because it was a no-contest DQ. That's right, yeah. The, I mean, I like it, as, as we've said many times, uh, sometimes predictability can be a good thing. Sometimes predictability can be a bad thing. Surprises almost always are great. It's just hard to pull them off. This was, to us at least, a surprise and a welcome one. A and it wasn't the last one. No, uh, it was. We will no, get it was to. Well, it was the last one for me. Oh, uh, come on. That's right. We have to move on and talk about Ruby Riot versus Charlotte Flair for the Women's Championship, uh, a match that 
the promo to get it get it going, like the the last promo for it, opened last week's SmackDown, and it was not good. No, I was not excited for this match. Um, that being said, props props to both these women, and props especially to Ruby Riot, because you know I've I've had some love for Ruby ever since NXT, and I felt like she got brought up in a horrible way, has been given a garbage gimmick to work with. I don't like her as a heel, but man, that girl can wrestle. Some may disagree with this. This was my match of the night. For really? the pay-per-view, yes. Really? I thought the two of them worked incredibly well together. I loved the interaction from start to finish in the ring. I don't agree with um, uh, basically eliminating Ruby Riot's finishing move very early on in the match. That's the one little caveat I'll put in there. I didn't like Charlotte kicking out of it so easily very yes, early in the match. Exactly. Did not and, like that. But, but start to finish, this match was fantastic for me. There was a couple of botchy moments. Uh, I wasn't, didn't kill me too much. Uh, also some very creative spots. Yeah. And Ruby works very well with Charlotte, which is surprising. The problem is, is she hasn't been built up as a true credible threat until this point. Uh, well, I think that might be more to do with Sarah Logan and Liv, Liv Morgan than And I did Ruby like the Riot. fact that they came out at one point and looked like they were going to be uh, uh, something in this match. And then, of course, Naomi and Becky come out and it's like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be another one of these where there's a screwy finish and the, both teams get involved. But you can always depend on Mike Kyoto to set things right and oh, kick everybody out. Don't you mess with Mike Kyoto. He will <laughs> kick your ass. He will kick your ass. If you don't believe me, just ask the, guy, the fan who rushed the ring in that Stone Cold and Triple H match. Mike Kyoto will kick you in the head. <laughs> yes, he will. And uh, as, so as he does so well, he dismissed both sides of the outside, Becky and uh, Naomi and Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Yeah, we didn't have a whole dismissed. lot of interference from them. It was mostly a one-on-one match, which I liked. I loved that. Yeah, and and there was a great slingshot spot into the turnbuckle near the end of this, into a spear, into the figure eight leg lock, all of which sold really well by Ruby. Um, and Charlotte picks up the win, unsurprisingly. And uh, yes, definitely a match that overperformed in a lot of ways. Yep. And I don't, I don't think we expected that in any way whatsoever. I uh, did. And I, well, I expected... I was, uh, I'm sorry. I expected the right... I expected the victor. I didn't expect it to be a great match. Oh, that's where I was getting to. We didn't expect it to be a great match, but we both picked Charlotte yes, to win this match, exactly. obviously. Uh, but the thing we really need to talk about here happened after the match while Charlotte was holding aloft her title, and that was the large, looming face of Asuka's mask coming up on the Titantron, and out comes Asuka... To dance her way down to the stage, down to the ring, get in the ring with Charlotte, dance around, point at the WrestleMania sign, and stare at Charlotte while the crowd goes wild with yes chants and cheers because it's happening. Yes. It's happening. The Empress of Tomorrow has challenged the Queen herself to a match at WrestleMania. Now, this was really well done by WWE where they really were, were pushing hard that Asuka was going to be facing Alexa Bliss over on Raw to the point where they would say straight up, oh, yeah, Asuka and Alexa at WrestleMania, and someone else would correct them. Well, she still has to choose, but oh, yeah, but we all know. This was great. It came out of nowhere. A lot of people were surprised by this uh, and, and immediately excited because this is the money match. This is the money match. There was no one else for Charlotte to face at this point, and... Alexa versus Oscar just doesn't really have it because right. Alexa has been built to a, in, in a way where she's the the chicken shit heel and Oscar would kill her. Yeah, this is the match: the number one woman in WWE versus the undefeated streak of Oscar. To me, these are the two of the top women in wrestling. Period. 
in, in yeah, yeah in WWE wrestling sure but I mean it's it's a matter of uh, how do we get our best two together and this was the best way to do it yeah. and it, they worked the shit out of me just like you said I didn't see this coming at all really not tonight not 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 at Fastlane I I thought this was a, a perfect place to do it I, I I figured this would happen if not here then soon after I thought it would happen next week ah uh, uh, on TV. It made more sense to happen here. The same as the Ronda Rousey coming out. You know, yeah. do your do your big push for your matches at the big show where you have a lot of other people watching that are missing the weekly shows. Uh, so this made a ton of sense. And this is something that we have called that this would be the money match to do. Yeah. It makes more sense to do this match. So here we are. We've ha- we have it. It's going to happen. And that's awesome. Yep. So we both picked Charlotte. And I think I'm currently still in the lead by one point two to one. That is correct. As we head into the final six pack challenge. Yes. The, the, six the pack WWE challenge championship where, where the where the pickums uh, really get interesting. And the whole year, the whole year of your philosophy comes to a head. Yeah. Your, your booking philosophy. So let's let's break down this match here. Uh, we had Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, John Cena and AJ Styles all fighting for Styles' WWE Championship belt. That's a lot of dudes in one ring. And that's a lot that's that's immediately you're asking for a ton of chaos and a ton of botches and everything. None of which we really had. No. This was a super clean match. This was very well directed, very well booked. Everything seemed very crisp. We had a ton of storylines going on at once, and every single one was served really well. I thought this was the match of the night, and and to me, this outperformed anything I had expected coming into this. I agree with that, but to hear you say it's your match of the night, I, I it felt a little bit too on the nose for me. It felt a little bit over-choreographed to an extent. The spots were so well aligned that it was just, it felt too... There was no kind of just. I didn't feel. The you didn't fire. feel it was organic enough. No, and that—that's a good word to use. Yeah, I I can I can see that criticism of it. I can see it being a little bit too cleanly booked. It was not a long match. Sometimes these matches with a, with a ton of guys in it. Here, like I said earlier, this was a show where a lot of the lower card matches were given a lot of time. The U.S. Championship had a ton of time. Charlotte Ruby was almost fifteen minutes. Uh, maybe even longer. We spent 15 minutes just getting these six guys to the ring. <laughs> yeah, they did have a... And more, then they had another... A lot of entrances. Maybe 15 minutes of actual wrestling in the the ring time. Yeah, you. but... And that's and that's the thing, is they didn't have a lot of time to actually fill, so they didn't have to uh, ma- get too much, too much booking in this. It was just, you know... But what I liked about it was it needed to be clean. Yeah. It needed to be that structured in order to get across all the points they wanted to get. For example, starting from the beginning where you have John Cena, AA, four guys out of the ring, and then it's him and, and AJ Styles staring at each other in the middle of the ring, and you're brought back to the point, uh, uh, the, the big story point, which is John Cena wants to have a championship WrestleMania match, uh, and he's willing to basically do anything he can and pull his strings to get that. Uh, the crowd very against John Cena in this match because they want Styles Nakamura, and Cena's made it very clear that he's going to insert himself into that one way or another, and no one liked that. And they did a great job of having Cena kind of, while not being a heel by any stretch, he was definitely not the fan favorite here. Uh, And he and AJ had a bit of back and forth until everyone else popped back up and everyone jumped John Cena, which the crowd loved. Uh, And so you had that, uh, you, you you were reminded that Cena is here as the spoiler. He is the big danger in this match. I don't think anyone 
realistically thought anyone other than Styles or Cena was going to win this match. Agreed. And go and go on as the champion to WrestleMania. No, Agreed. Not, not realistically. Not if you have any idea how this business works. Right. <laughs> uh, but so th- these are the two guys you were thinking of. And any right other time bat- of the year, they could have not WrestleMania. No, not right now. You could have pulled a gender b- backlash like they did last year, but not at WrestleMania. Yeah, clash of champions. Anything can happen. Sure. Not here. Uh, and I think that the, they reminded that uh, us of that very quickly off the bat, and I thought that was well done. And then it quickly moved on to the other storylines. And I thought even some of the guys that really didn't have a lot to do with anything, like Ziggler and Corbin, uh, we were reminded of their previous feud, the fact that they have really good physical chemistry to, together. They had some big spots where uh, I couldn't tell who put who through it, but it looked like Corbin and Ziggler put each other through the, the hockey glass on the outside. Corbin put Ziggler through it. But then he acted like he had hit himself, his head on it, something well, as yeah, well. Yeah, it's so. inch-thick plexiglass. <laughs> <laughs> it, looked, it looked bad. It was good. You had Cena, AA, AJ through a table. Uh, and to then, put it in perspective, that is what hockey guys bash each other into when they check somebody into the boards. Yeah. That's the same plexiglass. I'll tell you one thing, you know, uh, as much as Vince tends to like huge guys, like you know, WWE formerly known as the land of giants, yeah. it's where all the big guys go. Corbin was the only true big man in this match. Everyone else was, you know, around six foot. Even Cena is not that big compared to to Corbin. Corbin's huge. Yeah, he's two eighty five. Uh, I think the next biggest is Cena at two fifty. Maybe Owens at two fifty. And Cena's mostly his muscle. He's only like six one, six two. Like he's not a tall guy. Right. Owens and Sami Zayn are both five eleven ish. Ziggler's about that height. Uh, and AJ, although he's built at that height, is a little shorter. Let's let's call yep. a spade a spade. Um, so Corbin did come across looking like the giant among sheep here, and it and it looked it was a good look for him, and it was a good look in the match. As you know, as a guy who really storyline doesn't have a whole lot of reason to be here, he can then be like a good hand, a good worker in this match. Uh, put everyone over, look big, do strength spots like when he grabbed the stairs, is already hitting everyone everyone with the stairs. Uh, it was good to have him in this match for that dynamic. And we were worried. We were worried that this match was going to have too many moving parts, too many people. It was overbooked. But they did a good job of giving everyone their roles. Uh, Dolph Ziggler was, as he usually is, a damage sponge. Did a great job of selling everyone's stuff. Yep. Um, and getting to the other big storyline, which we have to talk about in this, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and their ongoing storyline. And I'm going to call back to, uh, once more to our preview show where we talked about how stupid it was to have Sami Zayn beat Kevin Owens with a halluva kick in the five-man match back on Tuesday. Well, much like with the Bludgeon Brothers coming out, where in hindsight we can look back with, with 2020 vision and say, okay, I see what they were going for. Now I understand more of the motivation that they had for him to do that. It was to call into question whether or not he was going to lie down for Kevin Owens in this match. He wasn't fully betraying him. He was just taking his opportunity there. And so it makes much more sense now in this match where Sammy and Kevin end up in the ring together after everyone else has been tossed outside and they're staring at each other. And Sammy goes, I'm a man of my word and lies down. And Kevin gets this look of consternation. Is he going to betray me? What's going on here? And to have that tension and they did it really well. The audience went from like being engaged in the match to white hot during this segment, showing how invested they still are in this angle, despite all of the kind of repetition and, yeah. and, and just kind of laziness that's been going on with this, they're still ready for this for something to happen here. And I loved the way it played out with Sami Zayn laying down and Kevin Owens 
almost going for the pin, but then thinking, I don't trust him. Yeah. I'm going to give him a pop-up powerbomb just to ensure this. Sami Zayn realizing he was going to do that and then rolling him up to prevent it from happening. And then the two of them just beating the crap out of each other again. The old, the old style where they just start wailing oh, the, on each other. The classic fight forever. Kevin Owens and yep. Sami Zayn legit potatoing the crap out of each other in the <laughs> face. Uh, teasing pop-up power bombs on the outside apron. Uh, and then the fight spilling over to our commissioner, Shane McMahon, who's sitting by the, uh, by the ring uh, you know, chewing his gum and just looking like he's keeping an eye on things. Right. And uh, uh, Sami Zayn gets in his face and Shane doesn't see it coming. Kevin Owens tries to kick Sammy in the back of the head, misses Sammy, hits Shane, and now Shane's involved in this. And now we get to finally some movement on this feud because shortly later, Kevin pop-up powerbombs Dolph Ziggler in the ring and who appears to pull out the ref? Shane McMahon. Pulls out the referee, costing Kevin Owens the victory. And, and not right, long after that, uh, yep. Sami Zayn goes to pin, is it uh, Owens? Kevin Owens? He Owens kicks himself. him in the corner because Kevin Owens is, is still distracted by Shane. Right. Shane pulls Sami out. So now we're looking forward on SmackDown Live and looking forward to WrestleMania. We know that they are reinvigorating this feud. I, I think it's one of those things where they had to get through Fastlane to really start putting the gas on this feud and letting this go to WrestleMania because they had so much time to fill and they had to just kind of circle the airport for a while before they could start landing the plane. I hope they recognize at this point because I think they got, like you said, got too far down the, the, the road before they could pull it back. Yeah. I hope they recognize that the value in all of this is Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Shane McMahon. Leave AJ Styles out of it. Leave the WWE Championship out of it. Corbin and Ziggler can go do something else. We we now know what we know about Cena. The Andre the Giant Battle Royale, probably. Yes, there's there's all kinds of other things to do, but the beauty and the value of this feud is in between Shane and Kevin. Sammy being there, sure. I'm, I'm and I think that. that was really put uh, forward later on on Talking Smack after yeah. the show. You had Shane come, ba- uh, come in the back and do a very interesting... Uh, I won't even call it a promo. It felt very natural. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot, actually, as well. I liked the fact that he basically admitted he got hot, he got kicked in the face, wasn't thinking, he's an emotional guy, and he inserted himself into this match, and there will be repercussions. He's going to deal with them once he cools down. I liked that. I like, th- th- again, this is what they've been doing for months. We're finally starting to heat it back up again. It's been, it's been The soup has been sitting off to the side. It's getting put back on the broiler now. We're going to heat this back up. Uh, and I think it's a great way to head into WrestleMania um, to to get this feud restarted in this way where it's much more focused. Yep. So I'm looking forward to SmackDown Live and seeing because Daniel Bryan couldn't be here tonight because he had family obligations. So what, how is he going to react to this? So obviously there's a lot of good stuff to come here. Hopefully this reinvigorates SmackDown, which has been lagging as of late. Well, if you listen to this show, we've been down on it pretty hard at least the last month. So there's hope. There's there, hope, Nick. There is hope. There's hope. Things especially, could get better. And there's also hope because, by God, the end of this match was uh, people coming in from all over the place, almost p- near pin attempts, near falls. But finally, AJ Styles, who had been dead on the outside after taking that uh, that table AA, flies in out of nowhere and gives the uh, phenomenal forearm to Kevin Owens for the one, two, three. And our boy AJ is indeed going to have this dream match at WrestleMania with Shinsuke Nakamura. Well, before we get to that, there is a, we haven't done this too many times. We tied. 
It's yeah. two to two. Yeah, because I called that. You you stuck to your scene of guns. Yep. I you, rode that train right off the track. Right off the cliff. Right off the cliff. Uh, I kept warning you it was coming for month after month, and you just just full steam ahead on the scene of train. I was. Yeah. So I uh, seen and and you even said on our last show, you said, you know what what would have the the point of the last two weeks all the Cena stuff have been. If Cena loses here, I can't which, explain to you what the point of it to is. To which my response was to swerve us on what will ultimately happen for Cena at WrestleMania. They had to give Cena something to do before they put him into his final feud for WrestleMania, which I still believe is going to be Undertaker. Uh, I don't know if he'll get medically cleared. All right, I'm 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 calling it now. It's going to be him and Undertaker. There's a reason that they deliberately had him say it to throw us off the scent, uh, and this was just a way to give us. You know more, more interest, more heat uh, to fire up this match, and it worked because what was the first third of this match was oh shit, Cena's here, we have to do something to keep him from winning. So there you go. So now that's been taken care of. I even loved the, I mean the the way that Cena's been playing this, where he needs to have a big match at WrestleMania to the point where the camera gets in his face at the end, he shoves it away very petulantly. Yeah, you know I I'm I'm digging it. It's a very interesting take. Uh, but yeah, this this ended pretty much how we expected, and we've got a bunch of storylines coming out of this with Cena, with AJ, with uh, Kevin Owens and, and Shane and Sammy. Uh, it was all very well done, and I I definitely have to say this match overperformed. Yeah, and and look, the the one thing that I hearkened back to after the the pay per view was over was, oh my god, look at what's going to be on the card. We now officially have. AJ Styles facing Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship. We now have Charlotte Flair facing Asuka for the Women's SmackDown Live Championship. Think what you want about what's going on over on the Raw brand, but th- these things are, are solidified in place now. I'm over the moon excited about some of the stuff that's on WrestleMania already. There's, there's some incredible matches. We have the we have the the mixed ma- or the mixed gender tag match with uh with with triple h and stephanie versus right. angle and, and ronda rousey uh it's looking like it's going to be nia Jax versus alexa bliss which i think is going to be a fun match uh it looks like we're going to have the three-way with the the three-way match for the intercontinental belt with the miz and, and finn balor and seth rollins which i'm i think that's going to steal the show yep uh and now it looks like you know kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and shane mcmahon possibly with a with a partner or a three-way match there um, we've got what's looking like it's going to be a three-way three-way match with the SmackDown tag titles, uh, Usos, New Day, and Bludgeon Brothers. There's a lot of good stuff we're looking forward to at WrestleMania. Um, the th- uh, Triple Threat: Bobby Bobby Roode, Randy Orton, and Jinder Mahal. I think yeah. that could uh, that could that might sneak in and be a good match. I, I think that's right now the one I'm least excited about, but it could they could pull something off there. I don't know. Overall, this is looking like a great WrestleMania card, and we don't even have things finalized like Cena Undertaker, like what we're gonna do with the bar. Braun Strowman doesn't have a match. You know what I mean? Like we've got all kinds of stuff. We don't know what we're gonna get yet, uh, and 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 to have as many strong matches already that we know. And then as many good people not booked already, but we, that, that you know are going to be somewhere. Yeah. This could be a really, really good WrestleMania. It's going to be fantastic. Well, and I guess that wraps up our coverage of Fastlane, WWE Fastlane, the last pay-per-view before the big show, before WrestleMania. And we are we are now on the final track to WrestleMania. Four weeks, right? Four weeks out. Yeah, uh, yeah beginning of April. Uh, so April 8th, April 8th, it is coming up very quickly. So, 
you know, come back in and check in with us later this week. We will have our usual show where we go over Raw and SmackDown as, as well as NXT, 205 Live, New Japan is having the New Japan Cup right now, Ring of Honor. We'll have a lot more. We'll talk about all of that stuff as well as the ongoing road to WrestleMania, and that'll be out later this week. Updates on the 205 Live Cruiserweight Championship as well that I'm thoroughly invested in. Yeah, the 205 Live is coming back around. Yes, yes. The, the Cruiserweight Championship is going to be on WrestleMania as well. This, it's going to be a great WrestleMania this year. It's madness. It is. It is madness. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about all of that later this week. So come back and check out our regular show uh, as well. Please go check us out on Facebook. We do have the Busted Wide Open Facebook discussion group. Join us in there. Uh, we like we like to talk about all things wrestling. Post articles, post news bits. Uh, you know anything that we see that is interesting or surprising to talk about. Memes, make each other laugh, talk smack, give our predictions. Come and join us in there. It's a ton of fun. Also, join us over on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Uh, we do some live tweeting there. We're definitely going to be doing it for WrestleMania and more so in the coming weeks as we lead up to the show. If you like what we do here and want to support the show, you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, phone case, coffee mug, stickers, all kinds of good stuff. Rock some sweet swag to show your support for your favorite wrestling show. And please go to your podcast app of choice, whether that's iTunes or whatever it is. Give us a five-star review. Give us some feedback. Give us a review. Like, share, subscribe. Make sure you tell other people, other people about this show. Uh, and if you have any criticisms or critiques of the show, we'd love to hear them. We'd love to get feedback and find out ways that we can make this show better for you guys. And thank you very much for listening to us for that. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And you can find me pointing at the WrestleMania sign over on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.